Hi there, Veggie Mates. Welcome back to the Veg Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is episode number 80 with Benj from UK clothing company Ethics. Many of you will have followed the journey of the Ethics Gang from England, and there's undoubtedly a few of you out there who own some of their clothing, possibly a Nargeev shirt, or for the OG fans, an Ethics and Antics piece. You may have followed founder Tim Sheaf and his exit from the company, which we do chat about today. This is a talking point, however, not the reason I wanted to bring Benj on the show. Benj is a co-founder of the company, a musician who has toured the UK and Europe, and someone who continually speaks up for animals, racial injustices, and fairer practices in the clothing industry. This was my first time speaking with Benj, and it was a great chance to connect and hear his story. You can find him on Instagram at benj.uk and his company at ethics without the I. That's E-T-H-C-S. As always, I will catch you on the other side of this conversation to wrap things up. I hope you enjoyed the show today. All right, veggie mates, we are here live with uh, a mate over in the UK, which is pretty cool. We're crossing the pond. We're, uh, you know, bridging time zones. You guys are going into the evening and I'm just waking up, had my coffee, ready to go. Uh, But we've got Benjamin Johnson uh, from Ethics. Uh, You guys might have heard of Ethics, clothing company over in the UK, uh, making some cool vegan gear. They've been doing it for a while. I... I've had your shirts for for years, and oh, yeah, uh, nice one. yeah, man. I should have worn one, but I've, <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, I've not, I've not got one. I've, I've, I've got a couple of shirts and a hoodie from you guys, and yeah, love what you do, love what you're about, and we're here to here to learn about your journey, mate. So, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Not yeah, a problem. Nice, uh, thank yeah, thanks for giving me a shout. Not a problem, mate. So, to start off, I mean, I would. I'd love to learn a little bit about uh, your life growing up in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, where you're from and yeah, what it was like for you growing up in England. Um, not as, not as uh, cool as you might think. It's not like Harry Potter. Everyone, if you see, anyone from outside of England thinks like growing up in England is like Harry Potter or something. <laughs> <It's not laughs> I'm from, uh, from a small village, I guess. Uh, in 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 Derbyshire, Midlands, East Midlands, called Swaddlingcote, which is like just outside of a small town called Burton on Trent, which is outside of a small city called Derby. It's like proper rural middle Middle Earth, middle country. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's countryside. It's um, it was good, man. It was. I I, th- I feel like I got to grow up like um, like a kid, for like a proper kid before like before every phone had like internet and camera. So it was like I was really outside. I really had that sort of that sort of uh, upbringing. That sort of yeah. I just played out every day. Rode skateboards, BMX, played basketball. Just like hanging out with my friends. Never wanted to come inside. <laughs> so that's an interesting point, isn't it? Like I grew up in the nineties. You were late eighties, nineties. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we really were. Uh, I suppose right. the last kind of generation to to be kids without all of the yeah the other distractions of, of the internet yeah, phones computers in our hands on our wrists all that kind of stuff so 
yeah, that's that's yeah, cool, man. So nice. when you talk like countryside England, where I'm I'm thinking kind of very green, lush farmland, kind of kind of looking. Yeah, nice. pretty much. Yeah, like rolling. Like I was just I just got back from a run, did like five k. Like, like, like I lived like just outside of a little town, but you can just, you can go like 1K that way and be in town or you can go 1K that way and just be in like rolling fields, which is always nice. You know, it's just nice to get, especially now the weather's getting better. So it's just nice to get out in it. Totally. I was grateful for that as well. I was uh, always, you know, building dens, <laughs> building <laughs> rope swings, <laughs> just like in, in forests. Yeah, it was fun. Nice. So you've always had a good relationship with, I suppose, the outdoors nature. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've always been outdoorsy, to be fair. for I, I like lost touch with it when you're like too cool for school and you're like a teenager. But then as you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, I just want to be outside. <laughs> I just want to go in the hills. It's like that's the best place there is. Yeah, it's I mean, now more than ever, right? It's kind of like a peaceful, calming place. So yeah. um, given the given the current times, it's uh, very important, I feel, to be to be getting out there regularly. Yeah. So I suppose, how has it been for you in 2020 as a, as a business owner, as a musician? I can't imagine yeah. it's been easy. Stressful. It's, it's been one of the most stress, stressful times of my life, I'd probably say, because it's, you know, but again, it's also, there's been like amazing lessons from this. Like you said, like we, we now know how important it is just to get outside you know, like, like they say, like the real essentials have like become very apparent to us, like what we actually need. And like, like you say, as a business owner, it became very apparent, you know, we make this clothes, we do all these things that we do. And it was like, when it hit the fan, people just stopped buying clothes because they don't need clothes. <laughs> they need pasta, <laughs> you know, they need rice, they need flour. It's like, oh yeah, cool. This isn't like, we think, we're, you know, what we're doing is, you know, for the greater good and we're changing the, but it's like, oh yeah, it's not when it's, when it's like, really go time you know people aren't buying clothes people aren't you know buying cars it was like yeah it was so it was like okay cool nothing's like uh like concrete i guess do you know what yeah I mean? obviously yeah we're, 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 we're on the way back up now it's been a, it's but you know it's been a, it's been tough for everyone it's been you know the government's you know really you know helped out in ways over here but um again it's, you know who, who could have called it who knew that it was going to happen like this it's been everyone's just had to learn by doing just you, you just adapt we were like cutting up our um plain t-shirts and making masks <laughs> because that you know you just adapt um straight away you know that's that's sort of like what ethics is about um straight away okay now you have to have a mask to go everywhere so I'm out walking or running and I'm just seeing these blue masks just in the bush everywhere. And I'm, you know, that's a problem. I get it. We need it to do, you know, so it's like, it becomes essential, but you know what, you know what humans are like, we don't, you know, majority don't care. They just <laughs> throw things in the bush and it's like, they were just everywhere. So it became a, okay, right. Let's cut up our t-shirts and make these masks. So they are yet, yeah, sustainably sourced and you know but they're washable people can wash them use them again and it was like just you know just to stop that and that became quite a thing for a bit but again you just it's just adapting it's been so uh stressful and just like say as a musician dj not playing out not seeing your friends obviously it's always fun but you don't realize how like you need that kind of stuff it's like, right yeah. yeah i agree like when it does boil down to it yeah, you are left with uh, what you really want 
what you need in life and you you cut out the the luxuries or the extras uh yeah it also from the point you just made there it shows some inequities in our society right mm-hmm. there's people yeah. that there's so many people in the us and the uk that literally are worried about food on the plate yep oh yeah man there's people you know? in poverty everywhere and yeah. it's like you you don't like queues at food banks and it's like you know how, I'm, I'm, there's so many people that probably didn't even know the food bank before this thing hit and it's like if you saw the amount of people that need to go to a food bank it's like whoa it's yeah <laughs> it's not yeah. like very sustainable our economy was not very sustainable yeah definitely and so so what have you done i mean you guys you guys have got like a warehouse space mm-hmm. um, well we've just tight like tightened though we actually live we actually live with the business now we had an office we were like you know you just so we've just condensed everything down we're actually living with the business it's in our garage at the minute just like a scaled down setup um yeah it's just me and ellis um just yep. doing what we can really i mean like i said you know the, the, t- at the start st- sales just stopped Mm-hmm. and it was days and days without sales and it's like that's never really happened to us and you know and, and just again you, you don't realize how lucky you are until you know it hits the fan and you're like oh my gosh yeah but you know people started you know by and it was just we just have to adapt you know just yeah just play the game differently it's been there but you know ev- everything's on the way back up now and we've got the 21st of june as our um opening date we'll see <laughs> we'll see and that's that's the opening yeah. date for the uk yeah, that's. Uh, I think they're they're relaxing stuff. Like they're gonna reopen restaurants and stuff in April, I think. Um, but the twenty first of June, um, everything's gone. Like I think that's like no social distancing, no masks, no, which is gonna be wild to be back to that. Got it. Yeah, it's gonna be super interesting. I think it it'll hit, and people will still gravitate to possibly wearing a mask outside. They'll oh, pro- definitely. Yeah, I think no, there's a lot of even, that for a long time. Yeah, even if even if the rules are gone, I think it's ingrained in us to yeah to be keeping our distance to uh to be cautious of i suppose who we're who we're in public with or who we're hanging out with it's uh it it has been a a crazy time um and and no one's been immune right you're talking about a small business that's had to scale back there are large businesses that are everyone exactly a company i used to work for I saw an update on their LinkedIn early in the pandemic and because of the unknowns of, of what's about to happen and the nature of their business was also heavily affected, huge layoffs, like two thirds or something crazy. It was like 400 people had to be laid off wow. from this company. And yeah, you just see that no one's immune to, um, to an unknown like that so i mean it's great that you guys are still operating because there's a lot of people that have had to shut up shop close yeah, doors very fortunate. yeah we are very fortunate yeah especially in the like the small business you know there's a lot of especially vegan businesses and people are you know everyone's just like it's such a passion so they start a little and they believe in it and it's you know there's a lot of just been wiped out which is you know yeah, it's terrible. But I've also read a, a statistic that it's the record amount of new businesses started in this time, which is also, that's quite nice. So it's like, okay, cool. Again, you've realized what's essential and what you can actually, you know, and instead of like, oh, working for, for a company that's like, your job isn't guaranteed, you know, work for yourself, provide a service, do a, 
yeah, it's very much almost like back to the, yeah, it's like knocking mankind down a few pegs, I guess, and it? it's like you're, you're getting a bit too far. That's a great perspective. Yourself. That's a really great perspective, I suppose, to come out of this and be able to say, all right, it, it has been difficult, but people have gone kind of into their caves and become creative they've had nothing else to do yeah definitely so. yeah i mean yeah it's i mean obviously there's there's obviously a terrible side to it too and people have got you know and, it, and it's and it's really affected people terribly but i think you know especially creatives especially you know i've, I've watched so many like whether it's been live music performances or you know people just like chatting on instagram live that you would never expect to hear a conversation from and i'm like so many cool things have come from it that you would, would have never happened if we were not in a global pandemic, you know? For sure. For sure. So I'd like to rewind. Doing the... this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doing this, yeah. I know. And that, that is so true. Right. So mine were all in person and I, that crippled me, you know, I, I didn't adapt. Uh, unfortunately it, it got to me that I wouldn't be able to do in-person interviews and, uh, yeah, I, I've had some good conversations with people. I'm lucky to have good people around me, but uh, to be like, you know, you got to snap out of this. If you want to do this in, in today's current times, uh, you, you have to adapt. You have to invite people yeah. on uh, Zoom and, and just keep going. So I've got a, myself, I've got a new perspective and exactly, I'm happy to be, happy to be having this opportunity to speak with someone uh, over in the UK and possibly wouldn't have happened without it. So yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that uh, it has brought about new opportunities. I was just going to say that I'd like to rewind the clock a little bit. Yep. We've heard about ethics in the current times. Yes. I'd love to hear about kind of founding it, founding ethics, yep. um, who was involved, how it came about and what the vision was early on. Yep. It came, it started, it, it was originally ethics and antics. That was the uh, original name. So if you've got an ethics and antics piece, you've got like the OG. <laughs> That's the vintage. That'll <laughs> that be worth a million yeah, in, yeah, a, put, in yeah, about yeah, that'll be, three yeah, decades. Put that away. That'll be worth a couple of Bitcoin. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, so it was Tim, Tim Sheaf, who, uh, yeah, boo, everyone's like, boo. <laughs> Tim Sheaf, Millie Johnson, big up Millie. Uh, they originally founded it. Uh, and again, like I was saying earlier, it was just a, a stem from veganism. Um, and I was very early vegan. But, it, you know, the whole, I guess, uh, uh, force behind it is, you know, when you become vegan, you start thinking about what you're putting on your plate, what you're putting on your body, like how it got there, what are the processes behind it? I don't agree with that. That's messed up what you're doing to these animals. Like, let me not be a part of that. Um, and there's like two things that you do every day is eat and get dressed. Um, and you don't think about what went into your clothes. Like, how did this get here? Well, how did I just buy this t-shirt for three pounds? Like, well, how, you know, but it's like someone paid for it along the supply chain, you know, someone was cut short. It's, and, and, and when you start looking into things like that, um, you know, and, and, and again, you, it was almost like wanting to represent veganism, but in a, you could obviously buy t-shirts like vegan t-shirts, but, um, a lot of the vegan t-shirts were very aggressive, like me is murder and very like in your face. And that just wasn't our style kind of thing. So our first shirt just said Nagiv, which was vegan backwards. I had that one. It. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the original. That's the first ever piece. Uh, Nagiv for the slamina, which is vegan for the animals. 
Um, and again, it was just like you wanted to represent it because it was new. You were passionate about it, and it was a start. It was a talking point. So many people would like. No one could figure it out what it said, especially adults. No adult could figure it out. Kids would just be like, "Oh, vegan," <laughs> backwards because you know I guess kids are just smarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a lot of adults would be like, "Oh, what's that then?" But then you know you, you you've started a you started a conversation with someone that necessarily wouldn't have been um, exposed to that kind of thing. But again, uh, going back to what I was saying, it's it was the process as well. It was, you could buy these t-shirts and a lot of these t-shirts were just on like Fruit of the Loom t-shirts. And if you know about Fruit of the Loom, they're just sweatshop gear, you know? It's like kids make that stuff in, you know, in or people ter- paid like absolute pennies make that stuff and and the processes that go into it are just like really bad for the environment, you know? And it's, it's but, you know, people don't really look into it too much because they're repping their vegan message or whatever, which is, you know, I, I'm not not shots at them people or anything you know it's again you know not it's not a thing that you necessarily look into people eat beef burgers every day they don't look into what goes into it you know so it's a uh, taking it a step a, further right yeah yeah exactly it's it's you, you know it's about it's just just giving a shit can, can you swear on yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's just giving a shit basically right um so yeah, and then you know we start looking into processes using, and, and then it just stemmed from there really. Um, JME wore the first beer. I don't know if you know JME, a famous grime MC from uh, England. Uh, wore the first piece, um, and then the V Gang came out uh, shortly after. He had a he had a lyric in one of his songs that said V Gang, and that was like that's just cool. Can we put that on a T-shirt? Yep, got the green light from the man. Um, and then that was born and then it was just like you know we just kept snowballing kind of thing yeah we just um yeah v gang became an army of itself i guess yeah it just became like a a staple and then um yeah that's 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 the story behind it it was just you know just thinking a, a little bit more about processes and like who is it's okay buying like cheap fast fashion but someone's paying for it you know like someone is making like 16 pence a week to make that or you know or someone that's underage is being forced to work to make that so cheap you know so you can buy it for so cheap and people you know aren't really aware of it because again we're humans aren't we We, we're just like we're getting it for cheap so we're not really going to ask too many questions exactly it's um, very it's very flashy it's very easy to walk into a h&m and be like oh as you said this t-shirt's three pounds bargain yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just like, you just, because again, you know, we live in that sort of, it benefits me in the short term, so it doesn't matter how it got here sort of thing. Yeah, but the flow on is, as you said, it, it goes all the way back to the person who made it, mm-hmm. um, but also the quality, you know, that shirt's probably not going to last very long. You're exactly. going look, to be looking to get another one. Problem. Exactly. And then where's that one going? Into a landfill. And it's like, yeah, that's the, and that's another thing with ethics is like if the quality is there that's one of my one of my real big passions is landfill there's i think oh my gosh i don't know some stats but it's like <laughs> there's an outrage i want to google some stats because they're, they're they're outrageous when you read them just the uk like outrageous amount like 80 percent of clothes sold in a year end up in landfill in the same year which is messed Oh man, like even that's why I started I started an initiative with ethics, um, buy sell trade. Um, so 
you can have your FXP for however long. You can send it back to us and we will uh, send you credit to spend online on new ethics. And then we will resell that as a used ethics item on our Depop just to circulate it a little bit further. Because, you know, it's like, I think it's, if people may stop wearing it or whatever, it's, it's a little bit, uh, I haven't worn it for a while. It can just go to charity or whatever. People put them in charity or in the, in the and it's like even the, um, the donation bank so many so much of that just goes straight to landfill um so we actually buy it back now essentially that's cool sell it because i'm that's like cool. yeah it's just just got so it's got and again the quality is there so it lasts and it's like i just want it to keep circulating i don't ever want to think of anything i've made ending up in a landfill because that, that's the stuff that keeps me up at night man so circulation is uh i mean it's something that is becoming recently a mm-hmm. bit of a trend amongst larger companies. We were talking about larger companies off air and how some are really, I suppose, publicly making an effort to to do some cool things. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the foundation of a lot of these companies isn't exactly made on doing the right thing by garment workers, factory workers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, then they haven't been environmentally conscious in the past. So their foundation isn't quite as sturdy as yours, but it's Mm -hmm. cool to see them trying to make that shift. And one of the initiatives I've seen, I think both, both on running and I think Adidas might have, um, I know on for sure, but they've basically got this shoe that they create. You subscribe to it when you've put X amount of miles on it you send it back, they reuse the materials and you get another shoe. The same shoe is subscription-based, but they get to control the circulation of the product. They get to control the materials. And moving forward, I think that's just a genius idea. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's great. I I love that. I love that idea. Shoes is like a massive passion of mine just from coming from a background of like basketball and music. It's like shoes. (laughs) It's like... probably the third most important thing and i've always wanted to make a shoe but it's like i just can't do it until i can really do it right you know whether it's like materials or again just having something in place like that is just like that's so so cool that's so cool i know i know nike has started a thing they, they're taking back their old shoes and they're grinding up the foam and making the crater foam for the space hippies and i'm like that's so cool i mean i know they've got a lot of work to do because they've they're a huge, huge uh, entity that have been around forever. So, you know, the, the way that, you know, things weren't thought about like that back then. But it's, it's just nice to see everyone taking that little bit of step. There's also a lot of greenwashing. That's something that right. I'm very aware of. Yeah, there's a, a lot of greenwashing that happens because they, you know, they can use a certain amount of pesticides and call it organic and put a green tag on it. <laughs> charge that, an extra five and, and that is the hardest part, right? That is the hardest part. Because what I'm learning yeah. more and more is that companies will tell you the best of their company, right? They're, they're going to market yeah, the sure. best of their company. They're not going to tell you, uh, you know, the stuff that you don't want to hear. That's going to get swept under the rug. That's going to stay internal. Uh, it's not going to be leaked to the, to the public, at least on purpose. Uh, but either way, it is good to see some, some progression. Um, some conversations I've been having with some friends, <clears throat> just local here in Portland, is the importance of building a new company on the correct foundations. Mm-hmm. Once you have, like, bravo to you guys back, you know, what, has, how long has it been? Is it seven, eight years? 
I think five, maybe six, five? nearly six. Yeah, something like that. I mean, bravo to actually have the peace of mind to be like, all right, we're going to start this company. Uh, it's not going to be perfect, but we're going we're gonna to get it off the ground with a fantastic foundation of, of how we want to move forward. I feel like companies that do have that, that foundation, it makes it so much easier to go into the future. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. taking, you know, it, once, once, uh, if, you build, if you build on exploiting people, it becomes very hard as a business model to go backwards. Definitely. I ne- yeah, definitely. I never forget a friend of mine. Uh, we had a pop-up shop on Brick Lane. In London? Down. In, in London, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine came down. Um, and I think we might have been talking about Nike like that, some shoe company or something. Uh, and they it was something that they were doing. And he was like, but what you need to realize is you're actually ahead of Nike. He's like, because, you know, we're tiny, you know, a drop in the ocean compared to someone like Nike. But he was like, but you're actually like ahead of Nike because Nike can't just now go, oh, here's Nike ethical because everyone's going to go, oh, what's that other stuff we've been buying for, you know, and that's bad business for them. So he's like, you're actually ahead of them in a, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it, that's like, you know, and like you're saying, it's the strong foundations. Um, and again, it's been, it's super hard. Like our clothes are super expensive for us to produce. Like we don't make, you know, if we didn't make it this way, we'd be making like four times the money that we make on uh, a product or whatever. But um, again, it's, it's knowing how you've got, it's got to be done. It's like it, it, cutting corners is why we're in this, <laughs> you know, that's why we're in this messed up situation. I think it leaks into just a bunch of different other societal issues. Mm-hmm. Do we need billionaires? That's yeah, that's another thing. Me and do we do we need we talk about that a lot? It's like, yeah. you, know, you might not be making four X what you could be, but you're bringing a great idea into the world, a great product into the world, and you guys are living. That's you know, it. Yeah, as founders, right. as, as founders of a company, you don't need 10 cars and 10 properties to be a founder of a company. And uh, if, we're, if we're fairly sharing uh, the, the fruits of a company, if it's, if it's getting fairly shared, uh, our community, our, our world is going to become a better place. Uh, yeah. so I, I think it does it feeds itself to to different societal issues which is which is another cool thing yeah for sure um that's amazing man uh really cool uh i was gonna ask you know given the fact that you have had years uh behind this company mm-hmm. what uh what are some of the things that you've implemented as you've gone because without doubt you've you've probably seen things that you can improve along the way. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the biggest, and, not, and again, this is like some people, you just get stuck in your ways, especially if it's like, so, and it's, it's like the whole influencer market. I was a little bit like, if we're making a good enough product, why do we need these influencers to tell people how good it is? But it's like, that's just marketing now. That's just the way the game is going. That's just, um, yeah, that's just the game now. And I think there's like different adaptions like that in the, in the, okay, cool. It's like, shouldn't have to like give it to someone for the, it to be like, this is great. They know it's, but 
I think, uh, but that that might just be me and my my, my stubbornness. I'm like, these influencers don't need it just for, for it to be cool. It's great, you know. Um, but I think, in, in in terms of adaption, um, I guess just rolling with um, how the world is changing. People, I feel like the the very start of our company, like I said, it was very much like vegan messaging in your face. Uh, wow, the sun's really coming out here. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's looking um, great, man. It looks like you got a filter on your screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, like I said, it was vegan messaging, very like in your face or uh, um, like big messaging on pretty much everything. But again, we've like slightly tapered away. Everything's more like, again, it's how it's made, what's, what goes into it, what, you know, and it's, and it's like a lot more classier look. So I think, uh, so like it's more of not pushing a message and like pushing how how it's made you know that's the that's the adaption i think nice let me ask some questions on uh some things i've seen on the website so 40 mm-hmm. percent back to uh vegan startups uh, vegan yep. charities you might want to correct me on that uh has that been is that is that a new initiative uh, yeah well that was actually implemented uh with matthew from uh veganuary who's our business gotcha. partner awesome um, yeah we um yeah, Matthew came in when uh, Tim Sheets left. We can yeah. talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, a company that funds vegan startups, vegan businesses, you know, just getting them off the ground, helping them out. You know, it's a, it's one of those uh, times. <laughs> yeah, we need that, don't we? We just need that. Like, and especially in veganism, it is, you know, it's still very niche. Yes, now we're, we're in everywhere, yeah, everywhere you look, you know, especially this veganuary has been like the biggest veganuary ever. So we're everywhere. But again, it's still very niche to the general population, you know? It's uh, it's easy to forget that when you're in a, some kind of- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Oh yeah, you can just, yeah, you can put yourself in the green bubble and then you, I do that too, too often. I'll be like in a supermarket and walk past the fish aisle. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. like so crazy as well. But again, you just you just don't see it. You just remove yourself from it. You, you remove it from your like your that yeah. From your, and that isn't like that's another thing you bring up, right? You've got a business minded guy that you've paired up with uh, mm-hmm. in Matthew, and that's exactly what a lot of vegan businesses need, right? Yeah, you've got these passionate guys out there have an idea. Uh, they want to help the world. Uh, through a product, through a service, make it more ethical, make it more fair, but they don't exactly know how to execute. They need a bit of guidance. Yeah. So it's cool where you're able to pair up and that's where he Definitely. comes in. And it's cool to see the, um, the people in those shoes because in business, you know, those guys are dicks. Those guys want to crush the little man. You know, those guys are not looking at sustainability. Those guys are not looking at, they just want to make money or whatever. And it's like, it's nice just having like compassionate vegans that are obviously driven businessmen and they know what they're doing. They're helping everyone out. And it's just, yeah, it's um, the vegan. Well, I was, <laughs> that's, that's a lie, I guess. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's so nice. Like being vegan in the community to have that. But then I'm like, <laughs> But don't get it twisted. The vegans will set you on fire. So they, they, they can be a vicious lot, trust me. Yeah, and I think there needs to be... Yeah, that's also a good reminder is that are you really living the the values that you so 
happen to preach uh, or that you claim to live by. Um, it's a it's a good reminder to treat treat the people in your life well, uh, yeah, as oh, well sure. as uh, other animals that we that we share the planet with. So. Yeah. Yeah, can be. I suppose it's just it's a lesson that in any walk of life, it doesn't matter what subgroup or subculture we're talking about. There's going to be people in there that aren't so nice. Oh yeah, man. Wherever you it's, put enough humans, there's going to be some messed up stuff going down. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So as it grows, I'm sure people like to point it out. I, su- I suppose that's the beef I have with it, is yeah. that um, people like to point those things out and that's what catches the headlines rather than yeah. the grind the day-to-day stuff that yeah, people are doing sure. yeah yeah this this it's just the clickbait the clickbait vegans that sort and, of uh, and that's the media world we live in right now yeah, so you've got a guy over there by the name of piers morgan he's probably oh man man <laughs> that guy what is wrong with that dude man i did you know what i don't really subscribe to that sort of but obviously i saw a little bit he he did the thing uh, on Russell Brand, and he he talked about vegan campout, which is obviously great, great press for vegan, <laughs> vegan campout. Cheers. Who Russell um, Brand did? Uh, uh, Piers Morgan. He was. Piers like, Morgan oh, spoke about vegan campout. Spoke out. about campout. Yeah, how crazy is that? Yeah. Wow. Because Russell Brand is headlining, uh, and he spoke, and he was like, "Oh, you definitely won't find me at this vegan campout." And I was like, "Yeah, brilliant. Thanks." Like, Thanks, he, mate. <laughs> he, 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 he like he's trying to be a dick, but he's helping us out. Like. He 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 talked badly about the vegan butchers that was opening. They had a line the whole day until they were sold out. <laughs> like like thanks, bro. Like please keep giving us this exposure. But maybe yeah, I mean, maybe Piers is undercover. <laughs> yeah, imagine he's a plant. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> vegan plant. Uh, yeah, and this whole Meghan Markle thing is crazy. Like I've never seen anyone like be so. But you know. The, There's some funny memes coming out of that interview. Yeah, really funny. I posted one myself of like the storm out when there's no vegan options. In the, it's just like when there's no <laughs> vegan options in the restaurant, it's like the storm out. But yeah, what a child. I think there's, there's too much of too many Piers Morgan. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I suppose speaking of the media and, uh, and some kind of blow up, I suppose it was only in our little vegan world, but... Um, mm-hmm. How long ago was it now? Was it like 2018 since... Tim, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, maybe twenty. I can't remember yeah, how long. It was such a weird time. It was such like a because obviously it happened. Well, it obviously happened to us privately, right? And then it was almost like <laughs> shit. Well, we you know we've got we've got to have an action plan here. Um, so it was almost like we couldn't speak about it for a minute because we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know how we were going to either, you know, get him out of the business afford to be able to get him out of the business. What was, you know, um, I'd like to lead with some positive things as well. Right. So this guy helps found the company. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he helps to change a lot of people's mind. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's along the way thing, isn't it? Yeah. He turned a lot of people vegan that are still vegan now. So exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, he definitely brought up some, some stuff, at least following my time following him, uh, it just made you think, you know? Yeah, definitely. I would, Hey, I wouldn't be vegan if it wasn't for him. So, you know, I can be, you know, it's, you know, life changes, whatever, but it's like, yeah, cool. We're not friends now, but I wouldn't be vegan if it wasn't for the time when we were friends. So, you know what? Exactly. So I think it's always fair to kind of lead with those positives and uh, the impact someone did have on a community. 
Oh, yeah, man. Mm. And I think that's why the fallout was as dramatic as it was, because so many people were so upset because he was the reason that they'd made this change or, you know, they looked to him as this uh, vegan prince. And, you know, people were so upset because they felt like personally let down. They felt like they were so, like, connected to the guy or whatever. Um, and, yeah, yeah, obviously it was, it was, it was rough, man. It was... Um, so it's, in, uh, in, in that yeah. happening, how, how did you navigate it? How did you internally decide upon, A, having to, to remove him from the company? Um, and what factors were at play here? Like, he's obviously got a huge impact. He's got a large following on the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's got a large following, which, which would help the company. And, yeah, like, what do you do? Oh, man, it's... <laughs> A lot of late nights. Did it cross your mind keeping him? Did it cross your mind, you know, was it? He wanted to stay. Okay. And that's what made it a little bit tough at the the start because he couldn't see why, why, why he would have to leave um, a company called ethics just because, you know, Oh, I've decided to do this one thing that we've all said we're not going to do anymore. And that's why (laughs) we've started this company, but I'm going to do that again. And, you know, to me, I'm, you know, beliefs are beliefs or whatever, but to me, you can't be ethical and eat animals. Like, I'm, that's, that's, that's an oxymoron to me. That's crazy. And I I know I'm, I know I'm not the only person that thinks like that, hence the backlash that we got. And I knew what our supporters, followers, customer base, I know how they think. Um, And, you know, obviously it's not going to sit easy with me. It's, it's, you know, I don't agree with it. I'm not going to be around it. I can't. So it's not going to be sustainable um, for you to want to continue. I don't find it, um, it's, it's, it's just not a smart move. And it was kind of like, okay, cool. Well, if it, at the end of the day, he was the majority shareholder then. So I'm like, cool, if he just wants to continue and just like drive this company into, into the ground, whatever, I'm just going to bounce. Um, but, you know, we had more and more meetings and Bob from Fam- Family Freedom, he's uh, another business partner. Um, just a lot of late nights just up and but yeah you know and, and like, unfortunately it got personal that's where it was like and that's where you know the friendship had to end and like we don't talk to each other anymore and it's because it got personal it could have you know kind of just stayed business I get it like yeah I'm pissed I'm just as pissed as everyone else because but I get it it's your life so but it, it just got personal and turned a bit nasty um, so is that hard like, is that hard? Yeah, to man. Kind of... Oh, yeah, for sure. That was like losing my brother. We were like best, best friends. Yeah. Like best, best friends. Um, and that, yeah, that was like, I, I, I like mourned. Do you know what I mean? I was like super depressed. I was like, do you know what I mean? We, we were like on this mission together. Like every night we're up late designing, you know, on this mission, just like, well, we can do this. You know, just constantly just, just hustling. And then it was, you know, this comes out and it's like, boom, your right arm's been chopped off um so yeah it was tough it was you know tough all around and especially um what was tough was like knowing what was happening and not being able to talk about it and people people knew because I don't he, he wasn't being like we'd asked him um we need to get a plan in place to you know get you out before it goes public um People knew from like YouTube because he was, yeah. 
he was at that time he was coming out of like a 40 day water fast right yeah man and that's like you know I, i'm not against fasting i fasted myself but he that fascinated killed him like i was i was around the guy you know and it's like the guy nearly died on that and but then blamed veganism and that was my problem and it was you know the whole but it is what it is we had to like strategically it was you know we had to like plant-based news broke the story and you know and again youtube is the our, our outlet so it's like all and, and then it's yeah but then you know it is what it is people were upset and i think um I, I remember it kind of made me laugh low-key but then it was like it didn't because i remember uh, you know people were doing like the memes the starter pack memes um and it was guy Fawkes night we had bonfire night over here uh and it was bonfire night and someone was like uh bonfire night starter pack and it was like sausages fireworks um like kindling for the fire and then ethics jumper <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know I was it's, like, it's, it's, it's like when you it's like when your favorite player leaves the sporting club you follow <laughs> yeah, yeah. and people are like burning jerseys <laughs> yeah and man yeah and i was like damn i was like you know what that's funny but i'm like this is my business this is my life now <laughs> i was like but i was like that's funny but again that I, I i honestly think um one of the things that like got me through it in the way it did was Ellis, number one, she was like my backbone. Um, and just humor. We just, we just had to just make jokes. We just had to make jokes. And then like, obviously he brought out his, um, his video, he had fish and had a wet dream, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, how, how are you not just going to laugh at that every day? So it just, it kind of just got easier. Um, but again, people, people really came after us. People, you know, I was called a, I was branded a fake vegan. Like, I feel like, I don't know, was that pre-cancel culture? Well, yeah, pre-cancel canceled, but it was like a, oh, you guys are fake vegans. You're all eating meat with him behind the scenes. And where's, you know, and, and, it, and it became like that. And, you know, that shit is going to weigh on you after a bit, especially when you're the realest vegan. I'm like, I'm literally not talking to my best friend anymore because he did this bullshit. <laughs> now it was, yeah, it, it was tough, but you know, it's a lesson and I, you know, you have to be grateful. We wouldn't have ethics if it wasn't for him, but. It, it certainly is a-, is a lesson. I, I think the lesson for me personally uh, was, you know, even though I probably didn't realize it at the time, it's like, semi-worshipping someone you know yeah man and it's like you like, said it's, it's your favorite player it's your favorite player and yeah. that's what you do you're like they're like god level they're like ah oh. and especially when it's you know he was like beast and ninja warrior and yeah. doing all these things and you're just like wow how can this guy like vegan guy just really setting the tone so you're gonna feel let down aren't you you know you're gonna again i know i i, <laughs> I was the most upset i never forget the chat and i was like like a, you know when a bomb goes off in a movie it's like oh like white yeah. noise. Like, that's what i was just like we were walking i could just see he was talking and all I, i'm like all i've heard is i'm not vegan anymore <laughs> yeah it was nuts it was yeah crazy anyway i think yeah that i mean that is super difficult you guys did a great job of uh of continuing thank you and it was tough man even that is tough to, to come out because you don't want to be like you know, we're an ethical, ethical company. We're supposed to be like exception of everything and everyone and trying to be like making the world a better place. I suppose, like- and that's, that's where I was asking, like, did it cross your mind to keep the guy? Like, cause you, 
as vegans, can, you know, it can be it can be very easy for us to be like, you know, oh, you 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 know, we, how can I word this? Like, we tell someone that's on the journey, right? They're trying to become more plant based. Mm-hmm. We tell them that look, if you if you muck up every now and again, don't stress about it. You know, you're, you're trying to get past old habits. It's difficult. We all struggle with it. Everyone struggles with it. Don't worry. Then on the flip side, you've got a guy that's going the reverse. Yet, are we meant to show the same level of compassion towards this man? But it's it's nuanced. It's hard when it? you know they mm-hmm. know what they know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I, and have started. I I've, I've seen what I've seen. I know what I know. So it's like to, to just be able to be like, turn your back on that is it's hard to compute but again like it's, it's yeah are you supposed to but again i feel like it was made a little bit easier for us because he didn't just like we, he wasn't just like oh i'm on my own thing this is what i'm doing now it was very much because the vegan scene uh you know kind of went after him it became very much well, I'm just going to go back after the vegan scene. And he was like appearing on like live morning television, telling people that the vegan yeah. diet was unhealthy and it was killing him. And it's like, okay, cool. You've, you've kind of, you've made it easy for us here. Cause it's like, yeah. oh, obviously we could never get behind that. You know, I could never get behind that with you. And if you want to be a business owner of a company that, you know, has this messaging, then you, you can't do that as a responsible business owner. No, no, that is, that is true. Definitely made easy. It's a shame that that's how the fallout occurred. Um, but coming out of that, I think, as you said, it's a lesson and it's happened. Grateful for Tim, grateful for his efforts, grateful for the fact that the, the guy has actually got you on um, onto the vegan yeah, lifestyle. Now, exactly, yeah, I owe him for that. So out of that, what's happened? What's changed? I know you've taken on, is it new investment or you've just got a new group? How has that worked? Yeah, well... Um, we've just got business. So basically, um, it then became just a money game because he was majority shareholder and it's like, okay, cool. And obviously we're doing, we were doing great business then. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of money to sort out. Um, and we couldn't, we couldn't afford to just buy him outright. Um, and yeah, Matthew was just a blessing, absolute blessing, you know, just like it was, and I would, I'm up at night, like, oh my gosh, thinking, you know, I'm, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, and it's actually Bob that put us in with Matthew and Matthew sort of just like rolled in on his, <laughs> on his horse. <laughs> it was just like, no, he's vegan. He would never ride a horse. Exactly. He, ride a horse. <laughs> he would never ride a horse. He's like, coming he, in on his mountain yeah, bike or something. If you heard that, he'd be like, ah, oh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he came in and just, just saved the day. Just had like so much like business knowledge was just like, cool you know we can just do this get rid of him you know ethics can remain a vegan business you haven't got to worry about this no more we can you know and it was it was just a, such a weight off my shoulders because it was um yeah it was it was potentially the end for ethics if i'm honest it was potentially the end and i wasn't i wasn't cool with that because i feel like we've got so much to do here we've got such a we're on such an important mission um but i was like okay it's potentially all over here because of uh one man's changing beliefs or whatever um but yeah you know like i say we, we took on a new business partner um we got in, involved with uh matthew and he yeah he really saved the day he really did and to give matthew a shout he he's the operator of, of veganuary 
Yeah, well, he founded Veganuary and, and, um, and now he's just launched VFC over here in the UK, which is Vegan Fried Chicken. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, nice. Great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really good, actually. Um, so, yeah, like I say, he's just like, he's, he's just, yeah, he's out in factory farms, like getting video, getting footage, getting, you know, really, I'm like, amazing. The fact that he's just like a badass business dude, but he's just like really on the front line. That's so like inspiring. It's hard to do. That's um, yeah. that's a mentally challenging exercise. Like I've done oh, a little, man, yeah. I've done a tiny bit of it, you know, a tiny bit of it, actually like activism on the streets or going to slaughterhouses, um, you know, even just outside them, not inside them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that's something I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's something none of us do. Like in the grand scheme of things, such a small percentage of us yeah, see see this. But this is the we food just the, we just see the videos and we're outraged, yeah. And it's like to actually yeah. be there and like to smell it to, to really take it in, like that's a yeah, it's a different level of like it's a real totally. So, how is the vegan scene in the UK from afar? It looks like uh, a uh, thriving, growing, yeah, for sure. It's getting better. I mean, we um, we live in the countryside and we can get vegan delivered like pretty pretty decent vegan food just delivered now which was you know a couple of years ago you would never you're not getting anything like that um but again veganuary was like the most successful biggest one ever i feel like there's just so many um and it's just there seems to be like a lot of like vegan influences in the uk so i don't know if that's the but it just seems to be coming on like in leaps and bounds like 2020 um like past yeah as soon, as soon as 2020 landed and it was like <laughs> the worst year for the world best year for veganism <laughs> yeah which is crazy yeah and and for the planet probably environmentally you know oh yeah yeah oh yeah the, the yeah. planet got some well-needed time off you know a bit of rest uh, yeah definitely and you know with that in with that being said i think another thing again it's from afar i'd I, I, I can't say this as a fact, but it seems like mainstream media outlets in the UK aren't exactly afraid to, to chat about it, debate it, or mm-hmm. have a host. I think Max LaManna, uh, the, yeah. the American guy, I did interview. He was one of my first guests. Oh, really? Um, I, I like Max. Max is, yeah, Max is a good guy. We, we, do you know what, actually? <laughs> go ahead. Never, never told Max this, but we're always, when we're in the kitchen, we're cooking, and there's like a broccoli stalk. We're always like, what would Max do? we need to use this it's like what would max do yeah he's a great guy and venetia his wife yeah she's great i haven't met venetia but he's super yeah i learned so much about clothing the clothing game from venetia yeah yeah they're yeah i'd love to have them both back on but uh at least max back on and venetia for the first time but um is he like hosting bbc like a show on bbc or a a segment i'm not sure but anyway it is cool that it seems like, yeah. Yeah, and Bosch had, a seat, Bosch had like a morning show, um, which was, yeah, that's great. So to get it in front of people uh, in terms of, you know, where they're at, like most of, most of the country is still watching BBC. They're still watching morning television. There's huge numbers. So yeah, oh, yeah it's so, definitely there now. It's like for a long time... Um, we had no vegan products 
well, not no, but like very few. And then people like Derek Sarno, Bosch, like those guys really changed the game. Um, and now we've we've got like not an oversaturation, but we've got so many. But they're still they're still like selling out. And I feel like a lot of not just vegans, you know, a lot of meat eaters, a lot of you know, are trying these different things. I've been they, we do we got a uh, Marks and Spencer out here. They do this vegan salt beef sandwich. Um, I've been trying to get one for ages. I only just got one the other day for the first time. Every time I go to get one, they're sold out. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Like, this is really, really good for us. Yeah, it's cool yeah. when you go past the tofu section and there's no tofu left. You're yeah, like, it's great. All good. right, I'll go. I'll go without for a week. But it's <laughs> it's promising that it's promising yeah, it's that good. that's the case. I feel like it's it's come on in leaps and bounds. Like very recently as well. I'd say like late 2019 to yeah to now. It's just gone like yeah, really good. Dope. No, really cool to hear. It's always cool to hear like, um, I suppose the, the growth of, of how it's working in a different country, because you really only get to deeply experience where you're living. Uh, and sure. yeah, to, to hear it, that it is going as well as it looks like it's going is, uh, is, is super promising. Yeah. It's so I, I, I feel think- like it's a good testing ground, isn't it? It's like a very, like pretty small Island. You can just like, if it works here, it'll work anywhere. I kind of want to totally change tack here. So um, going into a totally new, new topic, um, you know, you've grown up in, in the UK. Uh, You've got, you were saying to me before, your mum is white and your dad is Jamaican. Mm -hmm. So with, and this is another thing that 2020 has kind of brought about. I know it was, it was in the U S uh, where George Floyd was uh, murdered here, it had, you know, the the ripple effect around the world was seen in protests. Yeah, um, it was seen on social media, and it felt like a joint effort. It didn't feel like it was coming from from one city or one country, uh, yeah. which yeah, which was, was which is cool. Outrage. It really was, yeah. And we were also saying that this might be the first time someone's been uh, opened up to this mm-hmm. ever in their life, which is hard to believe because this has been an effort that goes, you know, centuries back. So, you know, the fact that that has happened, I suppose that's a, it's a positive from 2020 that people have been open to the, to the life someone might live, you know, mm-hmm. to the obstacles they might face on a day-to-day basis that you just never thought about. The question I want to ask you is growing up in the UK, did you ever experience any hardships or oh, yeah. has it been something that you've, you've contended with? Oh yeah. I think, um, yeah, especially like I said, we're saying earlier, I'm from the countryside when my secondary school was like 1300 white kids and me (laughs) which was like you know crazy um but again you know you'd hear the odd bits and and it was never really like and I always it's so funny because when I think back to it now I started secondary school in the 2000 um and that's like the era that rap music became really cool (laughs) so it was like almost like oh yeah you were sort of like the odd one out black dude but then it was like oh Black dudes are super cool, by the way. Have you heard like Dr. Dre 2001? Like this is like this is what everyone was banging. So it was like, okay, cool. It became like socially acceptable almost, which is crazy. And um, you know, you go to like other towns and you would experience a lot of 
um, just racism, just like almost, it's weird. It's like, a, it's just like, a, again, it's just fear, isn't it? It's just fear of the unknown. It's like, oh, you look very different to me. Your culture is something that I don't necessarily understand. So, you know, you just like push it away. And um, yeah, I think um, in England, it's more like, oh, please. When I was 17, I passed my driving test. Like I've always been into engines. So I had my first driving lesson on my 17th birthday. Like I was not messing around. I got my license straight away and I got pulled over so so often for being a young black kid and it's like obviously it's never be you're never pulled over for being a young black kid you're pulled over for whatever they want to say like it was always like oh you were swerving a little bit back there and it's like no I wasn't you saw a young black kid and it was like but I get it um yeah it was you know and it's like you it was just literally you're getting pulled over driving while black that's what we say dwb you got a dwb you were driving while black and it was again it took a took a minute to be like, oh, they're just pulling me over because I'm black. I never forget, I have a friend, we left college one time and we were driving down like the high street and he was in front of me like blazing music. He kept like slowing down and doing wheel spins. Like you're a kid, like stupid boy racist stuff. Uh, and he drove past the road and there was a patrol car sitting right outside the McDonald's and he flew past this patrol car. And I came up behind him. We stopped at these traffic lights. The car came out behind us. Um, and when the lights turn green, I was like, all right, I'll turn right into this library. And why I'm turning right, it gives my friend like a little bit of time to get away. Because <laughs> I was like, of course, of course they're coming for you, bro. You were just driving like a lunatic. So, and uh, I turned right into the library and the police followed me. They tore my shit apart, man. They, they went, they, they right, they, honestly, they went straight through my car. It was crazy. And I was like, you literally just watched my friend driving like a lunatic. But. I'm a black kid looking to get an education <laughs> in a library we can't yeah, do what, what are you doing here yeah oh, man. It was, yeah it was nuts and i was like and i think that was i was probably like 18 by then and that was the first time i was like oh no that was definitely because i was i was the black one i wasn't even driving a rat here. yeah it, it was nuts but um i think with the and it's again it's it's a lot of older generations here a lot of like the older Englishman, you know, watches his football, drinks in the pub. As, and again, it's it's just a fear of the unknown because that that is a very disconnected uh, part of British culture from like, you know, you're not going to get many black guys in the pub or many Asian guys going to. And it's like, it's very much so it's like it, it sort of festers around there. And, and it's, um, you know, it's 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 there. It's like not it's not it's not blatantly in your face you're not going to get it like just and i feel like the younger generations are way more open to, and, and i feel like that's why the george floyd thing was almost a shock to some younger generations because they're like yo what <laughs> that is messed up they did that just because he was black like they would have never dreamt of that because you know they've grown up in a society that's a bit more open-minded but or they've yeah. just not had to contend with it. Like, oh, they, oh yeah, oh, they, exactly. Yeah, it's just they've just never seen it. Like, you jump in a car and cops don't pull you over just cause, exactly, just cause yeah. of the color of your skin. Yeah, you don't get followed by, around the supermarket. I remember we used to, uh, we used to go around the supermarket and the security guard would just literally just be like at the end of the aisle, just like a peek. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah, but 
you know, you're a kid, you mess around. Like my, I remember my white friends would pretend to steal and it was like, they'd be pretending to steal it and they, they'd be watching me. And they're like, but you just mess around. But like when you're a kid, you don't really see it as a problem because it's just like one of them things. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's still here. But um, a, a, a weird thing for me, right, is that, and it's the same here. So there's sports teams all over the country all over the country in England, like you guys have a ridiculous amount of football teams. You've got like five leagues, 20 plus teams in each league. Like for a country, the size in terms of geographically, the size of yours, there must be a football stadium everywhere, every, (laughs) every mile. Like it's, it's bananas. But the, the point I'm trying to make here is that soccer teams, football teams have black players. Mm Mm-hmm. The supporter base worship these players, yeah. but then in the pub, they're or or, or in their in their regular day to day life, they're not applying that same mentality no. to the rest of the public, and it's the same here. It's like, oh, I'll go and barrack for you on the weekend, but when yeah. I get back to my mate's <laughs> house, it's or, yeah. it's <laughs> no, it's. It's, it's crazy. Back to, isn't it? It's back yeah, to normal. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. And you think that if anything, you know, you think that would break barriers down. Though you think there was a, you know, and and again, football. The racism in football is like crazy in this country. Like really crazy. Yeah, really, really crazy. Like they still throw bananas on the pitch in some places. <laughs> but again, like like you say some of the racist guys will be praising these guys when they score goals. They'll be the best thing since, but they don't apply that to anyone else. They might bump it. Again, I, I, I put it all down to fear. It's all fear. It's all just fear of the unknown, not, not understanding it, not knowing about it. And, you know, people don't, people are scared to look uneducated, uncultured or, and ask. So they'll just judge from afar. And I, that's the, you know, that's the problem. That's what, but that, again, this whole George Floyd thing, that broke a lot of that down. A lot of people would just hit me up and be like, you know, just asking questions. And I'm like, oh, great. We would have never, ever had this conversation, you know? And it's like, you're not being racist for asking these questions. You're asking these questions to not be racist. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're asking these questions so you know the appropriate thing to say. Like, and it's like, and that's, a lot of people are scared to ask those questions. Like, oh, I can't ask those questions in case I seem racist. It's like, you know, you're asking these questions to not be racist in a world where there's a lot of literature already you know out there i'm reading a book currently from the 1960s that is called the revolt of the black athlete so mm-hmm. you know books are nothing new in in this landscape does it weigh on you heavily having to field these questions where people could possibly just find a book or find an article or are you yeah. or are you personally happy to be like you know what i i, yeah, I can sometimes. answer this I mean, to be fair, it's only really been like people that are quite close to me that are like, I'm, but it's not really been like a stranger. So I'm like, I'm not really, I'd, I'd rather, do you know what I mean? I'd rather you, me just, I hate help you out real quick than you try and research it, maybe not find it. And then it's like, you don't, I'd rather, yeah, let's just squash it because it needs to be spoken about. It's not a, you know, and again, it, it can be a, it can work on the flip side of like, you can make, you can make someone feel weird because you're not like, necessarily asking questions or even you know it's it can yeah again it just becomes this thing of like unknown fear but yeah it doesn't really bother me I'm like 
again, I've, I've been half black, half my half white my whole life. I've never really fit in with black people, never really fit in with white people. So I've always had that, like. Right. That's another th- question I had was like, uh, not, not being re- like your school one off, yeah. if, if not the only, yeah, crazy. only crazy. guy that looks like you, mm-hmm. who do you look to for, for that cultural direction? Yeah, like, was what, what was that like? Yeah, it's uh, too white for the black kids, too black for the white, <laughs> which is, you know, crazy. It was, uh, again, it's just like music. Music it was, the, mm-hmm. it was a massive thing. I was like, oh, right, cool. This is my story. <laughs> this is what's going on here. A lot of music you would get, um, especially, but then when I turned 16, I left the school and went to um, the local town, Burton uh, College, where all my friends then became black. I was like, oh, right, cool. I've now got a black friend group. And it was like, I'd never really had that. I didn't have that until I was like 16 years old. Um, but again, you then face the, yeah, not really black, but you know, you kind of look like us. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really hard, I've had, I've had some of these conversations with previous guests and yeah, it's, it's just another, it's a whole nother, world that we're not thinking about yeah, yeah you know, definitely. if we're if we're not already you, yeah. yeah if we're not already thinking about um the things that might happen to someone who is black we're certainly not thinking about what's happening to the person that has a white mom and a black dad exactly yeah because it, it's it's um yeah it's crazy it's and it's, i i always like big up my mom because mm-hmm. she raised me by herself and, it, and I always think, I was like, that's so crazy. She raised, she was a single white mom that raised a black man. <laughs> How did she do that? How did she know, like, you know, it, it was, you know, I remember having tough conversations with her and being like, and she was like, you know, I need you to be extra good when you're out with your friends because, yeah, there might be 30 of you and something naughty might happen, but you're the only one they're going to remember. You're the only one that they can pick out. And it was like, you know, that even that was like, you know, I, I rate her so much because it was like, you know, I've got friends whose parents didn't say that kind of stuff to them, you know, but um, yeah, it was like, it was almost, yeah, it was, um, you, you, yeah, you're half white, but the world's going to see you as black, you know, and it was, and especially, but, but now I'm growing up only around white people. And then again, in, you know, later on in life, then being around majority black people, and then being like, oh, right, actually, yeah, I'm half white. That's, it's funny that the, my half white side is standing out now, you know? It's, uh, yeah, well, your mom certainly had a, oh, yeah, she's a boss. Amazing, man. Yeah, that's amazing. She's, like, yeah. yeah, she's an absolute boss. Yeah, she knew, yeah, she did a great job. Great job, which, you know, couldn't have been easy because, again, not her culture. She, what did she know about it, you know? But yeah, she did a great job. No, that's <laughs> awesome. And then referring to music there, right? So music's a big thing for you to kind of, uh, to learn about black culture, to to have that representation on the world stage, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, must be thinking like, oh, this is dope. I think I could potentially do this or I can get involved in this. I enjoy this. Is that how the DJing kind of happened? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, when I started high school, rap music just like boomed in my area. It was just like the thing. Everybody was listening to rap. Um. I mean, my friend would just like bootleg mixtapes. We were just like, it was like LimeWire and like Bear Share. LimeWire, yeah. Napster, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was like 
blowing up my house computer downloading these songs with like hella viruses to like make these bootleg cds and we would sell cds out of our backpacks at school so i was like i was always the music guy um and then went to college my friend was studying music i'm just like hanging out with a lot of uh music guys um and i i just i don't even it was just like it's it was a in a bar one night a girl was like oh i need a dj uh, she ran the bar. I was like, oh, I can DJ. <laughs> you know, never really done it, but I knew I knew about music. Um, ended up just like getting this gig. And I actually called my friend who was a DJ. I was like, hey, look, I've got you this gig, but I want you, <laughs> I want you to teach me. <laughs> teach <laughs> so me like, on the job. <laughs> on job, yes. Yeah, so like <laughs> learn on the job at like uh, 17 or whatever. Um and yeah, it was just, it was just, that was it straight away. It was just such a, yeah, it was, but I never really took it. I took it seriously as in like, you know, it's a passion. So that's all I, you know, like you, you just organize your music. You know exactly what you're going to play when, like you're just getting these little bookings. Um, but again, I was at college. I was, I was like studying sport. Um, I either wanted to be a coach or a teacher, PE teacher, which was I don't know why, because I hated my PE teacher. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had one cool PE teacher, but one was like, yeah, we did, we did not vibe. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, do something like that, especially with like kids or sport. Um, so that's what I was studying for. I went to America, Camp America, like coach basketball in America for a bit. Oh, nice. Um, Where were you in America? Uh, New York, Birmingham, New York, like upstate. Upstate, yeah, okay. Cool. Camp Echo, yeah, Camp Echo, 2008. One of the craziest summers of my life. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, but then when I came back, I was like, I just started DJing way more, DJing in clubs, um, like every weekend. And I was working in a school DJing uh, every weekend. Yeah, really like burning the candle at both ends. Um, and then I went to a gig one night, met a guy, uh, Example, who's like um, an electronic music act out here. Uh, like a rapper um, and he was going on tour and I, I ended up at a house party and you know played some tunes in a, in, a, in, a, in a house party in this kitchen and he was going on tour and he called me one day and was like hey look I'm going on this tour I think you'd like slot in really well he's like I want you to like come out and just DJ a little bit in between every act just to like keep the party going I was like I think you would work perfectly um, and I was I was a bit like, um, I don't really know. And he was like, look, I can give you like 50 pound a show and you can like drive yourself to every gig, like get a little hotel or whatever. Um, and I was like, um, yeah, I, I, I'll think about it. And I just put the phone down. I was like, I don't really know what to do. I was teaching double PE first thing in the morning. Um, and then he called me back and was like, I've just spoken to my tour manager and we've got an extra big uh, tour bus. So now we've got a bed for you. Will you come on the bus? And I was like, yeah, done, cool. Went into my job the next day, like quit my job. <laughs> I was like, cool, I'm going on tour. Um, yeah, and we toured for like, I toured with him for years. Uh, we did like, uh, started like smaller venues, like O2s and stuff in uh, England. Some of the O2s are pretty big, right? I think yeah, I was- yeah, some are like 4,000, yeah. Might have gone to the O2 in Leeds. Oh yeah, that's a good one to be fair. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, but yeah, we toured, toured England, toured Europe twice. Wow. Um, ended yeah, like ended up playing at arenas like by the end of it, which was you know crazy. That was like five, four years of my life. Um, yeah, that was you know that was from going from like DJing 
from like 200 people maximum to all of a sudden like thousands and thousands of people was just like mind-blowing wow. yeah, real. but yeah, again that was another like so grateful that happened to me you know I got to see the world I got to just from playing music which was always crazy to me that was you know even it was just always crazy to me just being sitting on a plane and being like I'm just going to play some songs and then I'm gonna fly home <laughs> like, yeah it's just crazy to me. like they're not even my songs I didn't even make these songs <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> it was you know it was just always crazy um and that's where I met Tim. Uh, met, met, I, me, and, me and Tim met Elliot together for the first time. Um, and then, yeah, we, you know, that was like, we would hang out together as three and then, you know, started going on tour. Tim would come on tour. Um, and then when I came off tour, that's when I found veganism. That's when I was a bit like, okay, cool. What am I going to do with my life now? Because it was such a, like, it was a crazy time. It was amazing. We got to do all this amazing stuff. It was almost like, I knew it's, it's not forever. You know, I knew it's not sustainable. It's not again you know I like DJing I love it but I'll always do it forever but it's like, I don't want to have to do it forever I don't want to be like 50 have like I have to go to the club <laughs> I don't want to do that so uh but yeah and then you know I just yeah when you're on tour you're just not looking after yourself you're partying all the time you're just like eating crap so um yeah I came off tour discovered veganism in the was there a was there a thing that yeah like- there was actually yeah there were um it was called if slaughter glass if slaughterhouses had glass walls we'd all be vegetarian paul mccartney's documentary i was and i wasn't even watching the documentary i was actually watching like kanye west live <laughs> it was like a kanye west kanye west was playing some festival and i was watching the set live and then like every few minutes this annoying advert would just pop up with paul mccartney like sitting there looking all serious and i would just skip it every time um and then one time I must've been out of the room, the advert started playing. Obviously I'm, I'm like playing it loud. So I got it from my speakers. Um, and then all of a sudden I hear like babies screaming from upstairs. Mm. Like what the hell is that? I go upstairs and it was pigs being slaughtered. And it sound, they sounded like flipping babies, man. And I was just like, what? And I just like, I remember sitting down and I watched the whole thing, <laughs> even though it was an advert. And then I ended up watching like a, the whole documentary. Yeah, I didn't even finish watching the Kanye set and I like called Tim because Tim, Tim had been vegan for uh, not that long, but, you know, it was quite new and he'd moved to London. He was doing like a few bits and I called him. I was like, I get it. I get it now because we'd had like sort of like little back and forth and I didn't really get it. All I knew is he just stopped eating meat and I, I didn't really know anything else behind it. Um, but, you know, when you're just living like a fast life, it's like you don't really think about, you know, I'm just like eating flipping double cheeseburgers on the go to just keep me going to the next gig, you know. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, I get it now. And I called him and, and he was like, yeah, come spend New Year's with me. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went and spent like five days with him over New Year's. Um, I didn't eat any meat. We didn't eat any, I was just vegan for five days. Um, and I came back and I felt great. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, we've been partying. We've been, and I was like, I feel great. And, and then that was just like, I'd, al- I'd already had like the little, cool, I definitely can't, in my head I was like, I definitely can't eat pigs again because that video is messing me up. And then I felt it in my, and I was just like, you know, and then you're like, cool, let me do a little bit more research. And then I just go down the rabbit hole and, you know, and then it's just like, okay, cool, yeah, I'm vegan now. <laughs> it's funny how we box it up like that. It's like, oh, I've seen the pigs, therefore I'm not going to eat them anymore. Yeah. But I'm still going to eat. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because I hadn't and... made that full connection. Yeah, right. so, 
Right. It's weird. We we do put things in 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 boxes. It's yeah, uh, yeah. We compartmentalize everything yeah. now. It's just like, and again, it's just like it's it's human addiction, isn't it? It's like, okay, cool. Well, that's gonna eat. if I cut out bacon, that will only inconvenience me a little bit. And bacon's <laughs> a big thing in England, you know. Oh like yeah, the man, whole yeah. English breakfast and yeah, a fry up. It's a yeah, bacon yeah. sandwich. Um, yeah. Wow, that's that's cool. Music. I mean, yours was kind of like not direct. It's an ad, but music has affected Mu- through music. I've, I have spoken to people that, yeah, have um, become more aware through like the punk scene, for example. Oh, wicked! Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of conscious punk bands. My girl loves punk. I know, brother. Yeah, they they put me yeah. into a lot of that. But yeah, coming out of that that conversation about music, it's another part of your life. I feel like you know, we did kind of cross the food scene. They've been hit hard. Restaurants have been hit hard. Yeah. Small businesses have been hit hard because it's no longer an essential. Um, music, live music just went off the face of the planet. Oh, like, man. Yeah. So many venues are closing here. It's like, it's really like, we're really going to lose like a massive part of our culture, especially coming from like a like dance music and stuff like that is like there's so many like legendary venues that are just gonna be no more you know like there's so many like so many genres that were like born here or like brought back from Ibiza in the 90s and played in these venues for the first time and then that birthed some of the biggest DJs in the world and they're just yeah they're just no more it's like we've really the the arts have taken a massive hit huge hit and for you yourself, what are you looking forward to? Like what's, what's coming up next? Like you're talking about June 21st, was it? Yeah. And... June tw- yeah. June 21st is like everyone's off house arrest. Basically. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good. We were saying the other day, me and my friends, it's like, I think June 21st is going to become like a new bank holiday. Like every year on June 21st, like we're just going to rejoice. But yeah. we, um, the vegan camp out, that's the big one. So vegan camp out has been confirmed. Um, Russell Brand is headlining. How did you how did you swing that? I mean, it's not you, I know that, but it's Jordan, yeah. It's Jordan yeah, it's, and Alice are kind of the, the brains yep, behind it. Yep. Well, how it was, the hell uh, do they get Russell Brand? Jordan's just a hustler. He'll get whatever he wants. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a he's a hustler. He's a real he's like I don't even know how he actually got him. I think he may have gone to like one of his gigs, maybe spoke to his management and gone to his gig and spoke to him. Um but yeah, he's he's re- he's really uh, pulled it out of the bag with this. Song. I mean, the line is crazy. This, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. Like, and I think probably like eighty percent, probably nearly ninety percent, probably are gone. Tickets like the the tickets are selling like hotcakes, which is you know amazing because I feel like people are just so ready, so ready to just like come together. And it's, yeah, it's going to, so that's going to be the big one, really. It's August, August 26th, I think. Um, but we're, you know, we're going to have a few months before that. I think we're going to try and do some like ethics pop-up parties and just, um, I want to, I want to just start teaming up with like local um, vegan restaurants, vegan venues, where, wherever, um, just because I know they've been feeling it. So I'm like, you know, if we can team up with a vegan spot, throw a little party, and you know it's going to bring people in they're going to you know um do well from it because i feel like there's just we've just like our community is taking a massive hit like we used to have so many vegan festivals so many few vegan meetups and stuff like that and it's just taking a massive hit there's been nothing 
Um, but like I say, I feel like from June 21st, probably to like July, the whole country is going to be partying. I think it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. I hope that's the case. Yeah. You, you guys also had that vegan nights thing going on in London, right? Yeah. Vegan yeah. nights is cool. Yeah. Vegan nights is again, that's, um, you know, it just fell off the face of the earth, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not Who, who's behind that? Who's behind vegan nights? Uh, Truman Brewery. Okay. So it's, um, yeah, a team out in, a team out in London. They, uh, they when these are the things that Anna and I look at, you know, like vegan camp out, vegan nights, and we're like, we've got to get back over. Like, I haven't been in the UK in a while, it's probably like 2013 was my last time in the UK. Um, but we're like, yeah, you we got to get over there, man. There's oh, like, you a- got to come for camp out, yeah. Camp out's going to be there's, and I'm always so surprised. There's so many people that travel like crazy, like, come people coming from Australia for it. I was like, wow, this is. This is, you know, so you've got no excuse. <laughs> right. I've got no excuse. I'm, you got I'm not no even that far away over here. You know, I can <laughs> I, I can make it over in a in a matter of hours. Um, but Australia, it's like a full day or yeah, deal. full day of traveling. Just and I'm yeah. like that. It's like real commitment. But again, it's like nothing. It's like nothing you've ever experienced because I never forget going to my first veg fest. That's like we have veg fest here. I don't know if you have veg fest in Portland. Um. Oh yeah, Again, Portland's like vegan kind of mecca of the oh, the US. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I have heard you've got yeah, I've heard yeah, uh, yeah there was something I definitely want to try. In Actually, if you if you know Derek Sano, I think you should just chat with him. I think he lived here for a while. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah, Derek's the man. Yeah, yeah, I like Derek a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I just think like when we start when I first started going to Veg Fest, like the vibe was just because again you live in the countryside you're the only vegan around for five miles or you know probably further um you've got no vegan restaurants and we're back then and then all of a sudden you go to a place and every stall is vegan you feel like every person in there is vegan or almost or like wants to be vegan and it was just like oh my gosh like the energy is crazy and then when you then you know and that's what jordan did so perfectly is he combined it with you know it's a festival and you know he's been going to gigs and festivals his whole life so he just knew how to do it he knew how it should have been he's like just mixing you know it's there's a lot of important stuff that goes down a lot of like talks a lot of a lot of people will go there not vegan and leave vegan you know um but yeah it's just the, the energy is just unmatched like i just walk around smiling for the whole the whole time i'm there i'm just happy like i don't even want to go to bed because i'm just like and i like we work hard like we have the ethics store i have dj sets we have like we'll be filming it's just like non-stop all day but it's like they're just the best best days um so uh, yeah that's- sold sold yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. keen keen to get I, over there yeah i, I don't know if it'll be i don't know if we'll be able to do it this year but um We've we've got to make it happen in the future. Yeah, you got to man. We can do a live podcast. Oh, that'd be dope too. Yeah, yeah I'd be down yeah. for that. Um, well, mate, I think it's. I, I feel like I could keep going here, but it's probably a good place to land it. Uh, it's it's been a pleasure, man. Nice to meet you. Uh, nah, I really enjoyed it, bro. You are a super chill human being. That was a that was a cool chat. I, I appreciate you coming on the show and giving I'm new up to podcasts. Like time. I say, I'm new, new to the podcast, but I, I like, I like podcasts, but I'm very new to the podcast scene. Well, you've got a world to, to dig into because yeah, sure. uh, you're only scratching the surface with this one. Uh, there's, there's plenty out there. Uh, they're super helpful and yeah, opens you up to new people. 
you know, ones that you might never heard of in the vegan space or environmental space, fashion space. So yeah, definitely, definitely start digging. Uh, but yeah, thanks again. And we will stay in contact. Uh, I'll, if, if things change, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up about vegan. Yeah. Care, but, <laughs> Do uh, I might have to chat with, with Jordan and Alice as well in the future. Yeah. If you can, if you can get me in contact yeah, with them. Up. Yeah, no problem. Oh, Alice will be no problem. So yeah, yeah, that'll be, that'd be much appreciated, but thanks again, mate. And I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens June 21st and, oh, and how the UK, <laughs> the, the UK, uh, does after that. I hope it's all happy days, man. So me too. Yeah, we will nice catch you later. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, oh, where can we find you? Ah, um, Instagram ethics without the I E T H C S. Uh, mine is benj.uk B E N J. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's, Instagram is like, that's where everything happens now, isn't it really? But yeah, YouTube ethics, Facebook ethics, ethics without the eye. Dope, man. Appreciate it. We'll nice catch you again. Cheers, See man. Ya. Thank you, bro. Hey guys, thanks again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Benj. Uh, please do go and check out his company, Ethics, if you are not familiar. You can find them over at www.ethics.com, and that's spelled E-T-H-C-S, and also over on Instagram. Their handle is E-T-H-C-S, that's Ethics Without the I. If you'd like to continue this conversation or any others you've listened to in the past, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. You can find the podcast at VegTalk, that's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K. I really do love hearing from you guys and appreciate the feedback. So that's all from episode 80. I look forward to chatting with you all again next week for another show. Until then, keep it plant-based, stay safe. Thank you, guys.